Hello and welcome to Cordial Concentrate with Brett Crossley and Tom Bennett, the 15-minute concentrated version of the podcast where we mix and contemplate cordial conversations about the world, the people in it, and their work. So today we have Mr. Eduardo Ferreira de Souza joining us all the way from Poço Alegre, Brazil. He's a coffee producer who is paving the way for agroforestry techniques across the coffee industry. Let's kick off the meat of the podcast. Uh, we want to get to know you a little bit better. So give us a rundown of your history and, and your family's history in the coffee producing area and how you got into it. Uh, my name is Eduardo Ferreira de Souza, as you already mentioned. Uh, I'm 27 years old. I was born and raised here in Mantiqueira de Minas, Brazil, a place that you got to know pretty well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, a wonderful part of the world. Awesome. God's country. <laughs> so my family has been producing coffee for over a century right now, and I am the fifth generation of coffee producers. I'm I'm currently producing coffee on what used to be my grandpa farms and talking a little bit about my back background I graduated in international affairs and economics and I also hold a master in in coffee economics and science nice where did you where did you do that so uh, th- this is a very important part of my life and a unique opportunity that I got I I discovered the master when I was chasing answers, uh, as normally we do, right? And I got to know the master, and very fortunately, I was I applied and I was accepted. So I went to Italy, more precisely to Trieste, which is uh, the city where Ili Cafe is set. And uh, the master degree is offered by Ili Cafe and also University of Udine. So I spent an amazing year in Italy learning about the whole uh, coffee chain. Fantastic. So I'm sure you would have met other people from across the globe there. Were there other producers from other origins or was it mainly from importers or roasters or what type of people were you doing the course with? Yeah, man, definitely. And this for sure was one of the most exciting parts of the the master. I had uh, almost 30 uh, different colleagues from 14 uh, different regions, 14 different countries, actually. And most of them uh, were producers as well. And people from Central America, Colombia, Africa, Asia, all over the world, actually. And uh, the most excited part was to see how we were passing through the same things and we were trying to find uh, solutions differently. But we, we realized that we, we could do it better together and mix up uh, our ideas and our accomplishments, I could say. Wow, that must give you a, a pretty strong network across the globe for uh, coffee producing. That's that's fantastic, man. I guess that when everything makes sense uh, for me was when I realized another issue. I mean, the, the other side of the coin, when we are talking about uh, agricultural or agronomic stuff, which is the climate change. Uh, I mentioned to you before that we passed through a very harsh draw 
and I was chasing these answers and I, I got to know how climate change is affecting uh, our business and how this is the, the other thing that we needed to address somehow. So when I realized all these economic hazards combined with the, the consequence of this climate change, I realized 100% that I had to find solutions and probably change very significantly uh, the way that we produce coffee nowadays. So as I was telling you, when I, I, I got those questions, I got also the opportunity to go to Italy and to learn about uh, the coffee chain and to get to know all these people from all over the world. And when I realized that everybody was suffering from uh, the same issues, I realized that we could work together and try to find solutions. I used to, to, to speak and to work with two colleagues, two great agronomists, by the way, one from Guatemala, Ricardo Chacon, and another one from uh, Brazil, Vitor Stella. And we start to, to chat and to, and to find solutions for what we, we've been learning and what we, we were facing, let's say. So uh, that was the time when we realized that the only way to, to overcome the situation was through agroforestry. Uh, for me, it was uh, something completely different and new. Uh, they were studying and somehow working with this idea, but they didn't know how to approach the system or this concept through the coffee business or using it as uh, a base for coffee cultivation, you know? Yeah, for sure. So you basically took the agroforestry idea and, and transformed it into the coffee industry. Obviously, there are other agroforestries in other origins, but what makes it different for your agroforestry in Brazil? Uh, this was the first goal that we had. We realized that we had to connect all these uh, ecological preservation heritage or legacy that the world has uh, regarding coffee cultivation with uh, the best that Brazil can offer, which is mechanization and technology. So uh, to approach economically and agronomically the, the issue, we realized that we had to develop an agroforest system that could use all the, the mechanical stuff while increase uh, ecological preservation to mitigate the climate change. So this was the, the first goal since the, the bottom line, since the day one. And we tried to create our agroforestry system based on those two main aspects. Fantastic. Unbelievable, man. Uh, one of the main goals, agronomically speaking, let's say, uh, is that we want through this system to change the traditional path of increasing necessity of external inputs 
by creating the resilience and providing uh, a better ecosystem for coffin growing. So the organic matter is fundamental to achieve this goal because when you when your system provides a lot of organic matter when you can uh, reuse the new the nutrients uh, all over the years and all over uh, the different plants that you have you can uh, decrease your necessity uh, of chemical fertilizers or any kind of fertilizers and you create a more stable uh, system where the plant suffers less from solar radiation, lack of water, and all these stuffs that hurts not only the coffee but any any kind of plant. For sure, for sure, man, that sounds unbelievably good. But tell me how bananas, coffee, and macadamias and mahogany can all be mechanically harvested. How, how do you how do you figure that out in an agroforestry? Uh, the thing is to create a dynamic way to approach the, the idea of cultivation, the production, the agronomic production, uh, do not need to rely only in static things. So we can plant different crops uh, all over the years. We can plant uh, different species in different years and sometimes remove some plants to be benefit of the machines. Uh, besides that, we spend a lot of time thinking about and considering spacement, density of plants, and how each row of the system would combine or not uh, the different species that we have. So we try to, to organize, let's say, the forestry in a way that we could use uh, the, the machines while we we still could be benefit by the the positive interactions with all these these plants fantastic man that sounds unbelievable that course was so beneficial for the progression of eduardo because he got to meet so many different people and that was part of his realization that that he wanted to start making an agroforestry that was more business sense than, than anything else in my eyes uh, because he could talk to other people and realize that, okay, yeah, they had these things that were mitigating the effects of a, a changing climate, let's say, but didn't quite have the business acumen to, to make it work financially. So I think that culmination of things and for him to realize that through talking to other people across the world is, is something that I think he, he really valued and is an amazing thing. Yeah, just touching on that, I think for him... Based on his story, he, he went there with an understanding of the problems that he saw his family facing and the challenges they had on their coffee farm. So he, he came in with, with a knowledge of the, the issues in the industry, at least uh, firsthand. And then he realized through the, the course and meeting these people from around the world um, on coffee farms as well, realizing firsthand that everyone's having very similar problems. His economic brains, he's got that economic training before he even did this degree. He could apply that kind of problem solving from that economics lens and maybe solve, help solve the problem that everyone else was facing or collaborate to solve the problem, but make sure that the economics was front and center of it. Absolutely. I mean, agroforestry isn't new. Eduardo is not creating the first agroforestry, but what he's doing is unique because he's bringing the, the Brazilian uh, specialty, I guess, into it. Uh, little cheeky coffee pun there for, for those who are in the coffee industry listening. 
but the best thing about Brazil is their advancement in technology and mechanization. That's what he's bringing to the agroforestry concept. I mean, the way that I look at it, and this is this is a story that I tell quite a few people that that ask me the question about what are your thoughts on the on the economics of coffee. Not that many people <laughs> directly ask me about it, but people own land. They don't own necessarily the, the coffee trees. They could put anything on that land. That's the that's the part that they own. So why not maximize, but also strive for consistency and efficiency uh, for for producing as much on that land as they can for the for the poorer people in in other countries that have one hectare or half a hectare of land. I think their focus should be not just how much coffee can I produce, but what can I produce from this land that gives me enough money, also gives me enough food on my table to be able to live and everything else in between. And I think that's what what this agroforestry could do. Now, I think you make a good point, Tom. It's, it's making coffee more robust without the A, um, another coffee pun. Um, it's making it a, a part of the work you do on your coffee farm, like you've got the land there, how do you make that productive soil afford you a living standard and a way of life that you're not struggling? I think that's essentially what we're yeah, all trying sure. to do. We're trying to help um, raise the price of coffee. That's one way to do it. But you can also diversify instead of just focusing on coffee, which is you know volatile priced uh, futures market. So I think um, having multiple streams of income from that one chunk of land um, Eduardo was doing macadamias, uh, mahogany, coffee, bananas, right? And he was doing other things as well. But I think that in and of itself means he's got regular income from the bananas because they kind of fruit, I think, more than once a year. And then the mahogany will eventually yield him in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, but it will yield him a huge chunk of money um, for all that time that it's accruing. And I think that that element of complexity and almost forward planning uh, is, is a new element, uh, at least for me, to understanding the, the coffee production system that I don't think is really there yet, at least in the mass market. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cordial Concentrate. You can hear the full-length version by heading to Cordial on all major platforms like Spotify, by visiting our website and Instagram at cordial.live, or simply check the show notes for a link. Otherwise, we will be back next time with a brand new guest to mix and contemplate more cordial conversations about the world, the people in it, and their work.